0: Welcome to the Holding Hands of Throwing Fists podcast. I got the mic.
1: And I have the
0: opinions. Welcome to episode 2M. M is for mount, the position where both fighters are on the ground, but one has passed their opponent's legs and is on top of them. So uh, in jiu-jitsu, that's where you could get chokes and stuff like that. It's a very dominant position. But in MMA, that's when you get beat down.
1: Not good.
0: You could get punched and elbowed and stuff. I actually don't mind being mounted in jiu-jitsu, but...
1: So... (laughs) Which means you must really, truly miss it since you haven't been mounted by another man in months. I know. I'm so sad for you.
0: Well, that's what happens during quarantine, you know?
1: (laughs) All right, let's go back to last Saturday. We actually have fights that happened to talk about. It was UFC 249... You know it was Justin Gaethje versus Tony El-Kakui Ferguson. Justin Gaethje won. Yeah. Kind of a shocker.
0: I think the way that he won was a shocker. He dominated Tony Ferguson. He made Tony Ferguson look like someone who just didn't wasn't championship caliber, and that's ridiculous because we've talked at nauseum on this podcast about how Tony Ferguson has been on a 12-fight win streak over eight years, right? Is that what it was? Yeah. So, Justin Gaethje walked in on, like, a month's notice and, and beat him down.
1: He listened to his coach, beat him down, TKO. I, I think the fight could have even been stopped earlier. Like, Ferguson was a zombie.
0: Yeah, he was super zombie. I think there wasn't, like, anything that happened until the end, which was the 24th minute out of a 25-minute fight. Um... There wasn't anything, like, he didn't drop. Yeah. There wasn't anything that made the ref sort of step in, who was Herb Dean. uh, A.K.A.
1: Mack Elves. A.K.A.
0: Mack Elves. Until the end. And it was 24 minutes, and he took too much damage. And we've talked about it before, too, but I think that, I mean, you can't throw a towel in on a championship fight, but, like, if it was another fight, I would have been like, you have to throw the towel in.
1: Um. And then the co-main, also championship fight, was Henry Cejudo versus Dominic Cruz. If you recall, we were rooting for Dominic Cruz pretty bad. Yeah. Unfortunately, TKO in the second round, Henry Cejudo beat Dom Cruz.
0: He did, yeah. What,
1: what What do you think?
0: It kind of went how I kind of thought it was going to go. Like, Henry Cejudo fights like that. He's an amazing fighter. And like we said after the fact, so like he will drop you, and then he'll jump on top of you and go, hide, 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 <laughs> and just hit hit you like 12 times in a few seconds, and then the referee is in this weird tough spot where it's like, do you let it keep going or do you stop it for the safety of the fighter? Now, this is the second time this has happened. We, uh, exactly the same exactly way. Exactly to TJ Dillashaw, and people were upset about that. TJ was upset about that.
1: We were not upset about
0: that. We were not. Um, because he it, that one was even more egregious because he stood up again after getting knocked down and then got dropped a second yes. time I think it dropped twice man you can't make an argument that the, the ref made a mistake and then this time it was sort of similar maybe not as bad as TJ but Dominic Cruz was super upset about it he's actually been going on a rant that the referee was smelling of cigarettes and like he said that night of alcohol he later changed it the next day to say like he smelled like he had been drinking alcohol all the night before So he wasn't drinking on the job, but was super hungover.
1: Such a bad look. It's such a bad look. It's a bad accusation. (laughs) You can't say that about someone. And even if he was drinking the night before or smoking cigarettes, he's, he's fine now. It's just, it, this is his fucking job. No one has ever had problems with him before. Well, that's it.
0: Yeah, no one's ever called it out ever. Uh, I, mean,
1: I don't know. I just don't like that.
0: Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Let's move on.
1: Um, along with Henry Cejudo winning, he also retired in his post-fight little chat with Joe Rogan.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm fi- I fucking love it. Yeah. I'm so down with it. He's 33, and he's going out on top. This is fantastic. I wish more fighters did it.
0: Yeah. We're the minority opinion in everything in MMA. Because everyone's like, he's going to come back or this is a ploy to make more money. But we're like, fuck it, dude. Also, on a personal level, he's been. He's an Olympic gold medalist, right? So he won uh, the gold medal in Beijing for freestyle wrestling. Um, So that's what, 2008, I think that happened?
1: Yes, I believe so.
0: He's 33 years old. Basically, he's been training at a super serious level since like 11. Like the dude. Has not done anything his whole entire life but train. And after a certain point, man, you want to stop. I d- swam at the lowest levels and started swimming at 10, and at 18, I, I was like, I'm not going to swim until I'm drunk on vacation for a long time.
1: <laughs> I know. Like,
0: he got it. He made his. He made his money. He made his mark, and it's time to go, man.
1: We'll see what happens. Um, the other noteworthy piece of news from UFC 249, and this came to us directly from our Long Island correspondent, Patrick Grady. Late breaking news on Friday night, the night before the fight, was that one fighter, Jacare Sosa, po- uh, tested positive for COVID, mm-hmm. which. Yeah, it all depends always on how you want to look at it. It seems great. Like, their testing protocols worked. Mm-hmm. He was taken off the card immediately from when he came to the fighter hotel and revealed that he may have been in contact with someone with the virus was, like, kept even more separated, both he and his team. <laughs> so... They did what they could. I, I would be more skeptical if they was, if they said no one tested positive for anything.
0: Dude, if you told me 20-plus fighters came from all different parts of the country and all got on flights and got to and trained with people. With at camp, least
1: three other teammates with them.
0: Yeah. And all 20-plus people tested negative, I would be like, that's fake-ass test.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> um, interesting. We'll see what happens for... Tomorrow night. Yeah,
0: so last Saturday was (laughs) UFC 249. Tomorrow is UFC Fight Night Smith vs. Teixeira. That's right. There's 11 fights on a Wednesday night. Uh, This has never really happened as far as I know. I think back in the day in International Fight Week, which is in July, it's like the biggest fight week for the UFC for the entire year. They used to do like Thursday, Friday, Saturday in a row. And that turned out to be like kind of like a disaster, so they moved away from doing that. I'm not sure if they've ever done one on Wednesday night, but here we are. So they did one on Saturday. They're going to do one next Saturday. And in between, they have one on Wednesday. So they're pretty aggressive about, I guess, getting back to normalcy or something. Yeah, Um, why not
1: keep going?
0: The bummer is you can only watch it on ESPN Plus. So if you have ESPN Plus, which is only four ninety nine a month, uh, it's worth it. But also remember, if you have Disney Plus, you should be able to have both underneath the same thing because I think Disney Plus itself was more expensive uh. and it includes everything. So uh, if you're paying all that money for Disney Plus, man, you might as well just shell out an extra dollar if it is for ESPN Plus. Through that. Prelims start at 6 p.m. Main card starts at 9 p.m. So uh, our bedtime is usually before the main card would start. But maybe we'll watch the Let's first time. Let's get fight.
1: Reckless tomorrow. Yeah. Ish. Yeah, It's yeah. <laughs> still a work night. Uh, night.
0: But, yeah, Anthony Smith is fighting Glover to share. We'll get more of that later. Uh, but I guess it's time for us to jump into the top five of the week.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right, so number one in our top five of the week is it's so hard for you to even picture this if you didn't watch the event, but obviously the arena was totally, completely empty. That's wild. And (laughs) so, you know, you, you just don't know. You don't know how it's going to be. There was one UFC event where it was empty, but we weren't really watching it, um... Thoroughly, because it was right before the major quarantine. So, this was like the first time we really saw it. I I have one con. Mm -hmm. And and maybe there are more, and maybe you'll point them out. I only have one con. Is that it's so freaking quiet in the arena. There are so few people, and therefore so few people talking, that the fighters said they could actually hear... Joe Rogan, John Anik, and DC calling their fight. More than one fighter said specifically they heard DC, and DC's role on that team is to sort of be the fighter, right? To say what they should do, or to say how they, how he would go forward to like succeed. Yeah. And motherfucking Greg Hardy said he heard DC, and that's how he won. Yeah. That's a con!
0: <laughs> it's a con, but it's also a pro. Carla Esparza, uh actually it helped her win, she said. I know. I forget. I wish I remember what it was. But DC gave good advice to both of them, and it helped them out. Um, Greg Hardy also just didn't look good. Uh, Luke Thomas said something that was very interesting about him. Uh, he, you don't know what his offensive like, strategy is ever. You can say this guy, at least he could rear naked choke you because he's really mm-hmm. good at jiu-jitsu. Or this guy could just lay on lay on top of you and lay and pray. Or this guy has a killer right hand. He doesn't have anything. He just has the fact that he's a professional athlete and he could train and he could do that stuff. So good for him. But his his opponent clearly had a kickboxing advantage and was going to fucking kick his ass until he kicked uh, his, I guess, thigh or his, his toes, kicked yeah. his thigh, and then he broke his own foot. Yeah. Oh and that's what it was. That's what DC said. He goes, he has to check uh Greg Hardy has to check those kicks. And that's what happened. He kind of uh, like did a weird check and broke the guy's foot. Anyway,
1: we're going on and on for the con Everything else was positive. It's pretty cool. It man. was it's amazing zine cool. to have an empty arena. Um, we missed it, but Sam smile and sal, Sam Alby was the first fight of the night and he walked out and he pretended to like high five all the fans going down. He was like pointing out to the fans in the stands.
0: Remember when oh, Henry so came out and Henry Sumito came out and he took off his yes. hat and he threw it into the audience? There's no so funny. There. But it's,
1: it's just easy to hear everything. It's so interesting to hear the fighters' corners. Uh-huh. The fighters after the fight when they're speaking to Joe Rogan. They're not caught up in the craziness. Um there's no stupid woo. Yeah,
0: that's a big boo. There's play.
1: fucking definitely no booze. Yeah. It's I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, the, the audience isn't yelling for them to stand them up and stuff yeah. like that. Or like if there's a close decision, then and like people disagree with it, there's no booze and all stuff. I get it. That's like really important, and people love that social shit and the energy. Really, like for the main event, like we were freaking out, but it didn't feel like this whole big. Thi- like when right. Connor comes out to fight, that's insane. That energy, like, is there's nothing like it in pro sports. I came up with a half-baked idea, like, freaking when I was, like, 18 years old. I was like, in the future, is going to be this thing called ESPN Pro where there's not going to be any commentating at all, and it's just, like, you just hear the stuff. Like, how cool is it just hearing, like, a crack of a baseball bat or something mm-hmm. or the swoosh of a net? But this one's also really interesting, too, because it's kind of hard. I remember the first time I was at the gym when I saw people sparring. It was... I was like, whoa. Like, it's hard to hear people get punched, like, legit mm-hmm. here. Yeah. And uh, but it's also really cool, too. <laughs> so I guess that's it um, for that because we could talk about it all day. Uh, number two, tying back to one of our top five last week was Bryce Mitchell won. Woo-hoo. And Bryce Mitchell is getting his camel shorts. Bryce put on a stellar performance against Charles Rosa, dominating all the grappling exchanges against a legit black belt. Bryce almost landed the third uh, twister in UFC UFC history, and it would have been his second. So think about it. This move is so difficult, only one person has ever successfully used it, the Korean zombie, right? Then Thug Nasty comes along in his last fight. That's uh, <laughs> Bryce Mitchell's nickname. He comes on his last fight, lands a twister. This time, he almost gets him in a uh, arm triangle and caught the guitar, Guttami, like fifteen times, and almost gets him in the twister like ten. And and the commentators like we know that like nobody else has really done the twister ever, right? The commentators are giddy with excitement. <laughs> like, oh my god! Oh my god! It's almost gone! It's just got whatever! And he really did almost have it. Like props to Charles Rosa for getting out of that. But d- Bryce Mitchell completely dominated the entire match. I think he won three ten eight rounds right so each round if you went around it's 10-9 but if you beat the hell out of someone you get a 10-8 and he had three 10-8s and it's pretty rare so uh dana texted him after the fight because the whole thing was that reebok doesn't do custom prints for anyone custom prints co- custom colors nothing but he was so dominant that dana texted him after the fight and said what kind of camel pattern do you like Oh so good so good, and also we Googled what kind of camel pattern he likes, and he does not like a fashion camo. No, oh, it's that John it's,
1: Early camo. Is, <laughs> is that, that he legit? Likes forest camo hunting, yeah.
0: <laughs> like branches and shit on his shorts, so whatever. <laughs> Kudos to you, Bryce Mitchell.
1: Yeah, so that that was a lot about last week. So let's let's look forward a little bit to tomorrow. So number three on our top five pieces of information of the week, is tomorrow night, Brian Kelleher is on the card. He's actually on the prelims, so his fight will be closer to about 6pm, right around dinner time. You get your dinner, sit down in front of your TV or computer and watch him. He is from Long Island, so we have to root for him. You might remember him because he was on the last Connor card and it was really cool because someone had to pull out of the main card so Brian Kelleher got moved up to the main card and he was fighting this guy Ode Osborne and he submitted him and Osborne had to tap with his foot
0: and I swore I had never
1: seen that before I didn't even like think of it as being a thing. And you were like, yeah, babe, people do that. And I was like, oh. And that's what you sound like.
0: And then I, I told you that I tapped with my foot. Yes. And you, <laughs> like, totally didn't talk to me for, like, two, three days. Because you thought I was such a... Kind
1: b- of bitch taps <laughs> with your foot. <butt. laughs> it happens. JK. Um, so with that, he also got a performance of the night bonus. And that was really exciting. So let's let's keep shit going, Brian.
0: And uh, Holding Hands and Throwing Fist podcast is a... Uh, 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 We're not embarrassed to say it. We're an East Coast MMA podcast. East Coast, fuck fuck you. you. So uh, he's from Long Island, too. So even better, I I guess, you know, relatively, I guess. Now, 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 now. Uh, (laughs) So speaking of talking shit, (laughs) Conor McGregor, you've heard us talk about him. You've heard the whole world talk about him, whatever, back and forth. We are big time Conor McGregor lovers and supporters but like disappointed parents he just every so often he just does something that i'm like come on man and i realize how much of a jerk i must have been in my life but even so i don't i don't think i've ever punched an old man in a bar i don't think we go down the whole laundry i know let's not
1: i don't don't even actually know what you're about to say i didn't read this Twitter
0: rant. So I'm interested. I don't even see. know if it went like, I'm sure it's going to go viral, but like, I just literally saw it on Twitter and I was like, what the fuck is this guy talking so about? So,
1: what did Homeboy have to say? Connor McGregor
0: went on a Twitter uh, rant about everything that happened last Saturday and everyone involved. <clears throat> so, he kind of belittles Tony, which sucks uh, to begin with, but whatever. We'll get past that. Then he shit talks Dustin Poirier for no reason. Like, some guy that he beat like five, six years ago. Um, who ha- who's been laying low. Like, nothing's really going on. So he says about Dustin, couple wins here, couple wins there, then you fold it in half. Rinse and repeat. That's like Dustin's uh, career. Uh. Like, not completely false, but also, like, he's a fucking awesome fighter and he's only lost to the best of the why best. So, are like, why are you dragging him, him in? This? Then he's, like, really angry with Justin Gaethje, who just won, and he's like, I'm gonna fucking butcher you, your teeth, oh. I'm gonna put them on a fucking necklace. Uh, speak of my skills as a father and you're fucking dead. So he like went into Justin Gaethje hard because Justin Gaethje was did not entertain the fact that he ever wanted to fight Conor McGregor because he thinks that like, Conor's just a bad person and Justin Gaethje's like a social worker. He got his degree in like so- social work uh-huh. and stuff and like he really, Justin Gaethje's mantra is like being a jerk gets you nowhere. So here goes Conor McGregor disproving that because he's a fucking jerk but he's super wealthy I guess. <laughs> So, whatever. And then he goes on and on about Khabib again. And, like, oh, Kabib, like, Khabib, you're an absolute embarrassment, scurrying, hiding as a rat as usual, as I've said many times. As you've uh, seen many times, like, through the paint of the glasses, what confirmed what was always known, that you said no comment. And you're an embarrassment <laughs> to real fighting. And, like, it doesn't really make sense. So, I'm like, Connor must have gotten some coke or some shit. Like, because he was so well behaved in January when he fought co- the cowboy. And now uh-huh. he's talking shit on Twitter yeah
1: but this is all I mean he's an idiot but it's
0: toys, for promotion right yeah, promotion for, for, for if promotion. he
1: fights with Habib eventually this can <coughs> come out and be a great promo if he fights Justin same thing if he fights Dustin same thing it's, it's if he fights trashy, Tony
0: man. same it's just thing just trashy man and you know
1: to do it. You don't need to amp up any fight. Oh, you you're and, and, so gross, And then,
0: this, After that, he's talking about all these lightweights because lightweight is 155 pounds. Then, he, then he goes, uh, he burns the welterweight division 170 pounds. He's like, after this division demolition job, it's 170 pounds. <laughs> and it's like, bro, get a fucking life, dude. Ugh,
1: I can't. Let's let's end our top five with some positive energy. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, someone with maybe the totally. Opposite personality is Anthony Lionheart Smith. He is the main event tomorrow night. Well, half of the main event tomorrow night. And he is the most polite, soft-spoken, very off-the-radar, off-social-media fighter out there.
0: Family man.
1: Soup's family man. UFC
0: commentator.
1: Very, very nice.
0: Sharp dresser.
1: Pretty, sh- pretty sharp.
0: He's a fan of a maroon suit, and uh, that's cool once or twice. But I think he's burned his maroon suit uh, account. Yeah, I mean, Anna. I like
1: it, but hmm. anyway. Um, last fight for Smith was against um, Gust- Gustafson, uh-huh. and he beat him, which is saying something because Alexander almost beat John Jones twice before that unfortunately Smith did get the title shot it was against John Jones he was ready for it and John Jones beat him in a decision but it wasn't like overwhelming I mean I think John Jones definitely won he definitely won but like if you're the fucking champ why did it take you to go to decision that's why he again John
0: Jones also think about this too John Jones hit uh, smith with a really illegal blow a oh my very gosh, I illegal i always blow. forget that right so no and this is what's bullshit about ufc because they need to and uh, mma i'm sorry because they need to change the rules about this yes this dude got hit with an illegal blow and then the ref went up to him and goes what do you want to do right and he was startled too he got rocked by getting because when your hands and legs are on the ground you can't get knee to the head it's just too brutal of a strike and could cause too much damage so i know that a lot of people think that mma is like super brutal but there's there are there's some rhyme behind the reason or whatever, so he Anthony Smith gets hit with this blow. The ref asks him, and now he could be the champion, the light heavyweight champion, but it would not be a real honorable win to some people or whatever. Some people. Though I would say take the belt, take the money, and fuck John Jones and get the rematch. I
1: know. and get the belt. Yeah. Like th- which is precisely your point. Yeah. You should never be asking the fighter, "What do you want to do?"
0: Especially after getting a, a, a some sort of concussion. Yes. You know, maybe not super terrible, but I'm sure getting knee yeah. in the head's not good after getting punched in the head 20, 30 times. Ugh. So whatever, but he's he he's a fucking lionheart, super awesome dude. Um
1: you were telling me about Continued? this and I didn't even like, do much research into it until this episode is that in early April, Anthony's home was freaking broken into by some asshole on drugs who, like, could not be put down. Anthony Smith was, like, beating the shit out of him to try to get him out. I don't uh-huh. know what the fuck he was on. And that's just so scary. He lives with his three daughters, his wife, his freaking mother-in-law. Yeah, He's... was then and definitely is now getting ready for a fight. Like, this poor guy, I really hope he wins.
0: Yeah, man, all the ups and downs. He literally woke up to his wife being like, yo, there's somebody in the house, and like like you said he's got his whole family there and all this stuff and then he went and had to fight the dude and the dude was super like jacked up and he's like I was fighting for my life but I also realized this dude is 22 year old super strong guy who was fighting for his life too Yeah. <laughs> at some point he realized that like I was kicking his ass but like he whatever got up and uh, so I don't know man Anthony Smith you're a good guy We always shout out good guys.
1: We do. And
0: I think that's a good way to wrap up this episode. That is. Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoy a bunch of the MMA stuff. Follow, uh, um, Follow us on Instagram. We try to post as much as we can about stuff, especially when there's fights. So, like... Uh, You can check out our highlights where we have everything from UFC 249 with cool, cute filters. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this episode uh, is for our newest listeners who don't really know much about MMA, but they still listen to our bullshit. Miranda and Kara, thanks a lot, ladies. It's super awesome. And uh, see you guys soon.